Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. Sean is with Hackett Financial and he is officed out of warmer than Nebraska, Boca Raton, Florida. So how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. It's still hot here. We have not gotten any cold weather yet. We're still pushing 90 today, I think. So Yeah, it's about 70 degrees warmer there than it is here. And that might be not quite right math either. So it's uh it's it's cold. You know, you take a look across the entire uh especially the western part of the corn belt. You take a look what's going on in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Nebraska. Um, it's starting to kind of creep into uh, Iowa and Illinois in those areas, and it's getting it's progressing across the uh, the United States as we start looking at this. And this is going to wreak havoc on an already delayed um, harvest if you start looking at at what's going on there. So, talk about what you see happening out there, and talk about uh, where uh, harvest progress is at this point. Well, we're making progress. Um, you know, we're still way behind, but we're making progress. We're, you know, pushing uh, the 50% mark. And so, yeah, we're, we're slogging along. Uh, yields have been hard to uh, get a handle on in terms of any trends. Some are really good. Some are really bad. A lot of variability. Um, uh, a lot of it's wet. Hard to know what the yield actually is until it dries down. So the, the market's kind of taken the view that it, it doesn't know really what to think. And so it's not viewed thus far uh, the harvest results as being uh, bullish. Um, you know, it's still, they, they still feel it's a work in motion. And I think that's why the market just continues to kind of labor along here and, and not have any ability to move beyond current resistance levels that we achieved, you know, last week. So Okay, so when, crop, when the crop progress you're looking at there, USDA has got the report coming out here uh, in, on the uh – uh, the November report comes out. Is it like the 11th or 12th or something like that when it comes out? Yeah, yeah, I believe it's. I think it's the 11th. Um, right on. So and it, you know that the the hope would be that they'll have, have some more real numbers. You right. Know? Okay, so we're we're looking at at what we see happening here. I've I've seen on Twitter about every every post of guys out there harvesting right now. For every one guy says that there's uh, their crop is better than they've expected, there's probably three or four guys that come across there and say they're 20 or 25% off from what they were last year. Um, I got to think that's got to have some level of uh, uh, some some validity when you take a look at what's going to come out of these numbers in November because at this point, like you said, with, with the, uh, the amount of acres that haven't been cut yet, with uh there's got to be usda is going to have to make some decisions i guess and start looking at some things and and they might not do anything change anything because there's not enough data to, to probably change anything they've got out there anyway but i guess what's your what's your opinion of, of what you see happening and, and do you think there could be some dramatic change in what and what the usda came up with well i mean they're going to have some data as you said right. they're going to have some, you know, some real data but um um, you know, I, I still don't think it's enough for them to make dramatic changes, Casey. I think right. they could make some smaller changes. I think they'll wait to make the bigger changes in the January report. I yep. mean, you know, it's bad to say we have to wait that long, 
But um, but I really think that's what they're going to wait for. They're going to probably you know marginally move things down, say you know they have some evidence, but 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 it's probably not going to be the um, you know the, the the real major adjustment until January, whatever that adjustment needs to be. So I I suspect they're going to be cautious. Um, in the November report um, and, and probably not move it down as much as the bulls would probably like to see. And that means that, you know, we, we, you know, the market will continue to uh, slog along because yeah. it, it'll not have the clarity that it needs from the USDA to give it conviction to take it higher right now. You yeah. know, and that, that's, that's the thing that I, I'm concerned the most about is that there's this continually wait to see, wait to see, wait to see. And the January report comes around and there's a, a massive correction that that sends the the market in a in a whirl, you know. And, and there's a you know we always talk about you know volatility is good. It gets opportunities for people to make money and and, and make the market move and, and make some decisions and see what we have happening. But when you have a massive swing, similar to what we saw at the end of the September report or the October yes. report, I'm sorry, no, it's September report that. You know, we had limit down corn uh, and beans both those days, and then all of a sudden it, it came back up. That was no, that was that was the October report, but the next day it all came back. I mean, we'll probably see something similar to that happen today. Uh, happen in uh, uh, probably in November, I would guess. The with the markets kind of anticipating that there's going to be some big correction out there, and then and then that doesn't happen, and the algorithms take over and do what they do. So. Um, it'll be interesting to watch that report and see what happens. I think this is probably one of the more anticipated um, reports that we're going to see. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of people riding uh, on this on this November report, but it'll be interesting to see how things come out here at the end. Definitely, you know, and the, you know, the next two reports are going to be you know the key reports given this de- late development. How much of the crop does does not get harvested is still sitting out in the field, you know, because that'll come down into which harvested acres and yield. Um, they may still adjust ending stocks further. We already saw record reductions in quarterly grain stocks that we had uh, in the last report. You know, the, there's a lot of things that, uh, that there's, there's, there's a lot of adjustments and a lot of different reports that are likely coming up. But I think in this report, I, my suspicion, I think your suspicion is that the market's probably going to be disappointed in the November report that it doesn't give them as much uh, adjustment as they're looking for. And it could cause some volatility to the downside and then and then a whipsaw we get closer to the end here that the smart money is kind of getting a little bearish here casey they're they've been kind of selling into this rally been selling into these resistance area and it says to me that you know they may be positioning for a disappointing report that's my guess at this point so yeah and i'm probably uh in the same camp that you're in that there's going to be some level of of disappointment um even though there's some evidence out there that that it's not as good as what they thought, um, but they won't make that correction until the hard and fast numbers come through. And I guess rightfully so. No sense in jumping ahead, but sometimes I question what they do. But no one's no one's asking my opinion in the USDA about about what's going on. So <laughs> take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Yeah, I, I sure do, I do wish they would be a little more forward thinking, Casey. I've always felt that way. Um, you know, that they'd be a little more proactive, but uh, but but they're not, that's not how they operate. They operate in the rearview mirror more than they operate in the forward looking mirror, and and that's just the reality of how they go about things. And so within that context, you know, we have to manage markets around that. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, and that's that's the hard part of it, man. 
All right, so let's take a look at some stuff going on in China. Um, Trump last night or the day before said some stuff about how they're going to sign some stuff with China, uh, some of the trade stuff with China, and it's going to be primarily on the agricultural side of the of the uh, the trade stuff. Um, I got to believe that China's probably pushing. They're, I don't know if they're really ready to jump into an agreement, but they want to do something on the ag side just because of where they're at with AFS and all the different um, stuff they have going on, exports, those kind of things. Um, they're they're kind of at a point now where they either you know figure out a way to not pay tariffs on the U.S. stuff, the stuff they have tariff come out of the U.S., or they come to the table and get some agreement. So there could be some some silver lining here, I guess, on, on what's going on. So what are your thoughts on that, or is this just more uh, smoke and mirrors from the old trade war? Well, you know, the devil's always in the details, Casey. Uh, you know, we start off, it's $50 billion, mm-hmm. um, and, and then it's $20 billion, um, and some of the and some of the of the and some of the supplies that they've already bought is part of that twenty billion. So maybe it's ten or twelve billion. All of a sudden, this fifty billion is a ten or twelve billion number. Which, by the way, we'll take whatever we can get. Right. But example, when that came out on Friday afternoon, last Friday afternoon, the soybean market took a nosedive just before trading ended at the end of the day on the idea that these numbers are much smaller than was originally portrayed by Trump. So. Um, I, I guess we'll just have to see, but my suspicion is that you know the market probably was dialing in some larger numbers, and 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 it appears from what we're hearing, those larger numbers are predicated on a successful phase two. So I think you know once again it's it's two steps forward, you know one step back kind of a thing, and, and it's probably still not going to be the golden ring we're looking for. But but on the margin, if they do sign something. It, it helps, but probably not as much as we would like it to. So, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, <clears throat> I would agree with that because when you take a look at at the stuff that's happened in the past, um, I feel like this may have a little more. Um, I don't know if truth is the right word, but truth in in what's going to happen. I, I just feel like there's both parties are kind of coming to the table. Like, look, we both need to make a decision on what we're going to do here because you need it. You need our commodities. Because it's a seasonal time when you have to buy it from us anyway, right? And then uh, we need to get some some relief on these markets. So I feel like there's going to be some some movement forward there. But like you said, it, the Chinese are, are really good negotiators, and um, they've done they've done this for a long time, and and they play the long game and not the short game, just because of how their their government um, leadership is set up. So it's a uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens, and, and hopefully this does take place, and we can move we can move forward on um, getting some of these tariffs lifted and get some uh, agricultural products getting shipped out. I agree. Um, you know, in the intermediate term, there's nothing negative about that. In the short run, it's always it's always trying to determine expectations. So, you know, the whole idea of you know buying the rumor and selling the news is always something you worry about. Is you know. You know they kind of ran the market, you know, soybean market up to nine and a half, and and you know they kind of ran some other markets higher, and 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 are we setting up for a short term, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news? But I do th- I do agree with you. It feels there's more meat to the equation here that there is something that's going to get done, and it will be positive. It's just a matter of trying to correctly gauge the short term uh, picture, which uh, you know is always difficult because 
you know, we don't know exactly what are those expectations, but one would have to be a little, you know, a little careful about, um, you know, some kind of a, of a, of a post deal, uh, buyer's remorse kind of a thing uh, setting in place short term, unless there's something, unless there's a bullish USDA report or, or whether in South America, you know, starts to fire up. But I mean, I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. And it probably means it's good in the medium term, but it might have a, a short term setback potential. Um, because these deals hardly ever deliver exactly what you expect. They always always seem to disappoint in some shape, way, or form from somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump over and look at the uh, protein complex. Uh, the hog market is, for as many hogs have been exported out by China, um, and as much activity that we see there on the hog side of the market is just not, There's just it's just not responding like you think it would be, which obviously we've talked about the supply here in the U.S., but... Um, with the with the African swine fever scare that's pretty much sweeping the uh, <clears throat> the Asian part of a uh, Asian and Oceanics part of the uh, of the world, uh, you would think that there would be some some movement there uh, in the hogs more than what we've seen. So talk about the hog market a little bit. And we see happening there. But it seems to me, and and, and it, this is you know that you, the question you pose is the quintessential question: How is it that we have parabolic price increases? In China, and you know, we're looking at U.S. prices that you know are in this kind of trading a trading range, or you know, they have good day, good weeks and bad weeks, but we're not making much overall headway. And I think that because this whole affair has been dragged out. I mean, we this whole African swine fever thing began in August of 18, 2018. You know, we're already a year into this, and I think that the U.S. producer geared up for it so much um, and it's taken much longer to finally get to that demand that they are willing and aggressive sellers because they you know, have really ramped up production and they really need to move it and they don't want to take a chance that for whatever reason the Chinese decide to walk away for a while and so I think that is what's kept the market from moving higher. Normally you'd see supply pull back, here's all this demand, we're going to feed the market instead they're, they're selling uh, willing sellers and not really letting the price go higher, at least for now, until some of this overhang that they've, you know, built up, uh, kind of gets whittled down, and, and that it will be whittled down. The first quarter, we're going to see a significant reduction in U.S. pork production from fourth quarter to first quarter, and that will be the first time that we see supplies easing back from the torrid pace we have now. And so we will kind of look forward. You know, to the first quarter is a period where maybe the market can finally break free uh, from the shackles of U.S. supply and and maybe see some some better pricing. But it, it has definitely been frustrating. I think most, including myself, would have expected prices to be a bit higher right now, given the demand that we have seen. Yep. Okay, so let's jump over and talk about the cattle complex. When you look and see what's going on there, we've had you know the, the fire thing and in. Um, uh, at the Tyson plant, and then there was a Cargill plant not too like a week or two ago that had another issue of of a blood boiler getting exploding or something like that. That kind of threw production off for a little bit. Um, so it's been back and forth. You know, there are USDA's investigating all kinds of uh, you know antitrust stuff and and price fixing and and all these different things that are going on with uh, with uh, the the packers and what have you. But we take a look at. 
at, at the cattle complex. Again, it's rebounded back to where it was, but there for a while it was in pretty bad shape. So again, it's been kind of choppy and, and mixed a little bit all over the board. So talk about what we see happening in the livestock or the cattle market and, and what's going on there. Oh, what we really, what's really unusual, Casey, about the cattle market, right, was that normally when a market takes off from, you know, bottom like we've seen mm -hmm. on the way up smart money sells you know it's a, it's a normal behavior the market goes up smart money sells proportionally and, and and that's what you would expect to see and that's what normally happens we have seen almost no selling on the smart money side of the equation this entire v vertical move back up as you said to back to pre-tyson fire days um it's highly unusual to me you know that suggests that this market has quite a bit more upside to go before it may you know get to a point where uh, a the smart money begins to sell and, and and supply and demand get back into balance but what's really interesting is despite this huge move higher packer margins remain outstanding showing really strong domestic and export demand that that's there and so long as those margins are as strong as they are there's just there's not going to be a lot of resistance to moving the cattle price up uh, to move those, you know, to move more cattle through the processors as they, as fast as they can. So, we really like this market, um, and um, you know, we continue to see this market trending quite a bit higher, uh, at least until we start seeing the packer margins contract and we start seeing some smart money selling. There's no reason for us to think that we're not going to see, you know, the prices continue. We we have clear resistance now on April live cattle at 130, trading at right now. I think we're trading around 122 and change. So we want 30 is the next target to look for before maybe there's a pause, but that's still some pretty good upside if you're in the cattle business. So, yeah, so there's, there's, there is some upside there, especially in this non-seasonal time, you know, right now you wouldn't, uh, you would be seeing some, some different um, market actions than what we're seeing now. So there is some, there's some positivity out there for the cattle market right now. Um, let's jump over and take a look at uh, a few other of the markets right now. So let's talk about uh, what we see happen in the cotton market. Cotton market's been one we've been talking about here uh, pretty regular, and there's a uh, there's some seasonal highs going on. But last time we talked, you talked about some uh, some longer term uh, bullishness that you might see, but <clears throat> just because of what's happening in other parts of the world. So talk about the cotton market a little bit, and we see happening there. You know, the cop market continues to, we talked the last week, uh, Casey, about grinding higher. I think we, we, told, we, did, we mentioned, and the cop market continues to grind higher. So now up over 10 from the lows from a little while, you know, from over a month and a half ago, um, breaking out, it's trying to break out over 65 on the December contract that if it could do that, you know, it would quickly start to move to around that 70 mark, which we've talked about before. We, we continue to like this market. The seasonals are in your place. Um, the production uh, shortfalls that have uh, occurred over the last couple of months due to some really unusual Texas weather, really unusual Indian weather are starting to become more clear. Um, and the monetary policies that we've talked about with QE4 lowering, it looks like the Fed will lower interest rates again today. I think there's a, another Fed decision to probably lower rates some more. All that is very positive to some better economic activity in the United States and globally a year from now. And the cotton market is an anticipatory vehicle that tends to move in advance of such things. And so, uh, you know, smart money, the capital flows, although we have been seeing some selling on the rally, as you would expect, still very bullish. So we like the cotton market. It still looks to us like we're moving towards that, 
you know, 70 cents area, maybe low 70s. And that might be a place where the market could, you know, find some more resistance to go higher. But we think with what looks like a breakout over 65 today on December, you know, we, we, we think it's going to continue to go higher. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the few uptrending markets we have right now, Casey, is this cotton market really has been a nice, steady, grinding uptrend uh, for a while. And um, it doesn't look like that's going to end right now. It looks like it's going to continue. Yep. Well, that's a good thing, man. So, well, well, Sean, good stuff as usual. If folks want to reach out to you and ask you more questions about what's going on or just get some information about what it is you have to offer, how would they do that? Uh, our website's always the best place at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. Our you know homepage is filled with uh, information uh, that could give them a better idea of what we do and to see what we do might help them. Right on. All right. This is Casey Seaman with Moving Iron Podcast. You can find our podcast on the Global Ag Network and any other podcast platform out there that you that you listen to. Uh, make sure you check out movingironllc.com for the latest Moving Iron blog posts, as well as check out the YouTube channel that we're going to fire back up here and uh, see everybody's lovely face as we talk about this stuff going on. So, Sean, until next time, have a good one. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Casey. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Moving Iron in the 21st century Hardworking people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher